welcome to episode 195 of Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to sort through Black Friday sales that somehow started appearing in October. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about gift giving. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, The Emerald Flame and The Morrison Game Factory and Hadrian's Wall. Then, we talk about what gifts should be on your gift giving lists this holiday season. And now, here are your hosts, Ambi and Crystal. Recently, I played The Emerald Flame and The Morrison Game Factory, both which are published by Post Curious. They're both puzzle games. A puzzle game is like an escape room, like it has puzzles and stuff, but it's untimed. That's, that's how I define my puzzle game. Like, <laughs> I've played a lot of these types of games, like an untimed escape room type board game where I play them single player and there's lots of different puzzles and there's usually a story to go with it. And then you like solve the puzzles and then you finish but anyway post curious makes a lot of these i i got a review copy from them before and talked about it the tale of ord like a long time ago the morrison game factory was also a review copy but the emerald flame i bought on my own and i actually talked about the emerald flame on an instagram post if you follow us on instagram but yeah i played both of those i actually started the emerald flame in january because there's three chapters and i played the first chapter in january and then i finished the other two chapters like last week (laughs) So I took a long break between the first chapter and the second chapter, which actually isn't too bad. So like one good thing about the Emerald Flame is there's three chapters, but like the story connects. So I kind of forgot what was going on in the story, but the puzzles, even though sometimes you might use things that are in previous chapters, you you don't have to remember like what you did for previous puzzles. They're not like connected puzzles like that. So I was able to solve the puzzles, even though it had been a long time since I played the first chapter. So that was good because like, there's no way I'm, I, <laughs> I wasn't able to play them all at once. And like, I'm busy. So I'm like playing them. I wasn't even playing like a whole chapter in one sitting. I was playing like part of the chapter and then another part because the chapters are like two to three hours long each. So I didn't have, I don't have that much time <laughs> usually. So yeah, I, I enjoyed the Emerald Flame. Morrison Game Factory, I got a review copy and it's actually on Kickstarter now. I, I really like this one. It's themed around... <laughs> The theme is it was an old shut down board game factory and then the box is like this old box that you found that's full of like board game components that were printed from this factory. Just like I saw this mishmash. one online and I uh-huh. was totally intrigued. I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, because it's it's like puzzles, but then it's board game themed. So it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. So I really liked, I loved the story. For, for this and their other games, you need like a website and the puzzles. So most of the puzzles are physical puzzles, but then like you answer, you and put answers into the web app usually you don't don't usually need to google much or at all for the ones that i've played of theirs and so i like that because like you're just like inputting things into the the web app and that helps with the theme it helps get immersed but then you're doing physical puzzles like on paper and they have some like actual physical components like here they had a board of a board game (laughs) and like (laughs) player pieces meeples pawns dice some other stuff a bag with stuff in it so lots of cool things that are also all used for puzzles this one the website was actually used more for the puzzles than in the other games i've played from post curious some of the puzzles combine the website you like you look at something on the website and then you're also using that to help solve the puzzles with the physical part and it was very thematic i don't want to like spoil too much of the story or anything but it felt more story driven than than the other ones i've played like emerald flame i'm going to be comparing it to that because i just played that as well it felt like a lot more puzzles between the story but in the morrison game factory it seemed like there was like a puzzle and then like a lot of story and then puzzle and then a lot of story but the it felt very thematic and the puzzles fit with the theme and the story actually parts of it made me almost cry because I was like super into the story 
<laughs> I mean, that happens That's... when I read books too. So like... Well, right. But like, you've talked about a lot of escape room and puzzle games on this <laughs> podcast. And I have to say, I've never seen you. You don't use the word love very often. I use it a lot. Like I I say I love things all the time because I do. Like I just, I love, it, you know, everything. But you don't say that word that often. And so the fact that you said love and that it made you cry, like y'all, I don't know. Well, go it buy this. It make me cry almost. <laughs> okay. That's good enough for me. Go to Kickstarter and y'all back this if you like puzzle games at all. Because Ambie's, that this is about as glowing of a recommendation as I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the story was, it was good. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed my playthrough of the Morrison Game Factory. It was a shorter one. It lasted maybe like three hours total. I'm not sure exactly. I, I, I played part of it with my kids around. So like I was kind of playing it throughout the day and then I finished it on different evening. Whereas like the other games, some of them are super long. Like the Emerald Fame was three chapters of like two to three hours each, which is a lot longer. But with all their games, the hint system is great because there's lots of steps, like 10 hints per puzzle and you can click on whichever one you want. And so just like click on them in order and see like where you are in the hints. And so that's very useful. For accessibility, this is a little bit of a puzzle spoiler, but like there's an audio puzzle, so you need to be able to hear things and there's some with colors. And then for one of the things, I'm not sure if this is going to change, but you need to be able to call a US phone number. Okay. I don't know if they're going to have like a uh, an inter- international one or not, but yeah. So that that's a little bit I don't know <laughs> that's available for other people, but other otherwise, I think all the puzzles were good. One of the puzzles, which also might be a little bit of spoiler, had something that because I got a traveling review copy for it, it it might not have it might have been like used and didn't work as well <laughs> for for me. <laughs> but hopefully that w- would work for other people. But yeah, like o- overall, I liked the puzzles are all different, and I like the Im- immersion of it a lot. So the mix of the story and the puzzles and the theme goes together really well for the Morrison Game Factory. And because bonus that it's a board game theme, like I think that also helped me really get into the the story of it because it's like about a board game factory and you got board game pieces that you're doing for puzzles. So that was fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that thing that I do a lot where I talk about a game that is really difficult to describe in an audio format. <laughs> and that is... Hadrian's Wall. Hadrian's Wall is kind of a roll and write game, but not really because you're not rolling dice. I guess it's a flip and write technically because it's cards. But if you want to call that a roll and write, you are marking things uh, with a writing implement on a sheet. So however you refer to those games in general, it's one of those. And this is definitely on the way more complex side than your standard roll and write. I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast, but a few years ago, friend of the show Brant Sanderson taught me Fleet the Dice Game, and I bounced off of it pretty hard. Playing Fleet the Dice Game in person, which is another complex roll and write, there was way too many tiny things on sheets that I had to keep track of and be like, okay, so when that happens, I can do that and also that and also that. And then I jump back over here and that gets me that. It was one of those situations where it wasn't that the game was too complex for me, but I, in my own head, would have trouble keeping up with what I had already done and what I still needed to do. And so it's one of those games where I feel like I'm going to inadvertently cheat because I'm like, wait, okay, I marked that resource off, but did I do that other thing that it gets me kind of a situation? (laughs) 
So to clarify, Hadrian's Wall, I would say is even more complicated than (laughs) Fleet the Dice game, but I've only played it digitally. So I had a much different experience. I believe now that if I played Fleet the Dice game in a digital format, I would probably really enjoy it because Hadrian's Wall is a game that I am enjoying very, very much. It is one of those games that is really, really difficult to teach. In the game, you are thematically one of six Roman generals who is in charge of a mile castle uh, along Hadrian's Wall. So it is somewhat historical, but obviously since you're marking things off on a sheet, it's not that thematic. But it does involve a lot of things that did exist in Roman times. I will say the theme does absolutely nothing for me. Roman, the (laughs) Roman Empire and I, I have no interest. So we're talking there's temples and you're building a wall and there's picks and there's patrons and all of this other nonsense. And I I don't care thematically (laughs) about any of it. Which is weird because I love theme and games and I don't know if I would like this game more if it had a different theme. I can't say obviously because, you know, that's just a hypothetical. But the theme is doing nothing for me. But in the game, you are every round, every player is given two cards and you are going to choose one of those two cards to basically give you an end game scoring condition. And the other card is going to give you some resources for that round in addition to other resources that you gain based on what you've already marked off on your sheet. So your resources at the start of each round will increase throughout the game. Early on, obviously, you'll have less. Later, you'll have more. It is definitely one of those roll and where things ramp up significantly toward the end. They can be a little bit slow at first. You have two full square sheets of things to mark off and they are tiny boxes. There are multiple sections with a lot of iconography on them and the sheets themselves do not explain much. Now, obviously, since I'm playing it digitally, I can hover over things with my mouse and get some clarification. But if you were to play this physically, if you really need a rule book nearby, I believe the first few plays because there's a lot going on. But it is one of those games where there are a bunch of tracks and as you mark things off on tracks, you will either gain new things or unlock other things. And I will say for as much iconography as exists on this game, they did, I think, as good a job as they could in making things as clear as possible. Like there are certain sections of the board that are inaccessible to you until you've reached a certain level on other sections of the board. And they've used color to signify those things. But it's not just like, I believe they've done it in a way that is at least relatively colorblind friendly, because it's always like tan versus a vibrant color. So it's not, you know, two vibrant colors battling against one another. I am not colorblind, so I'm not definitively sure about that. But it does look as though it would be relatively easy to see where those delineations are. I really like it. It took me, like the first play was was rough and I didn't even do a bunch of the more complex sections on the right side of my, like my right player sheet. But I've now played it a few more times and every play I'm enjoying it more and more and I'm kind of understanding it more and more. I actually won a game of it already and I was shocked. I was like, wait, do I actually understand this? <laughs> like, 
Yeah, it's it's neat. And if I wasn't playing it digitally, I would not like this game. I wouldn't. I, I would mm-hmm. not be able to play this physically, I think, and enjoy it unless I had already played it digitally. So that's the thing. I'm like, now I'm like, once I've really, really learned it digitally, maybe I could play it physically, but I don't think I could teach it. I it's it's too much. It's too much. I just when it comes to roll and rights in person, I want the simplicity. I want the basic yeah. stuff. I want, you know, like Gon's shown clever type complexity is all I want in a roll and write game or like walk and roll. Those types of complex, that's about as far as I want to go for an in-person roll and write. But as far as digital goes, Hadrian's Wall plays really well on board game arena. And if you are a person whose brain can keep track of many little things things at once and like remember if you actually did a thing that like three seconds ago (laughs) which many people can do (laughs) I just can't because ADHD brain is a thing a lot of people would be fine I'm sure playing this in person it is just not for me so I recommend it if you do like complex roll and write games I'm really enjoying it Uh, I did not actually say who it's published by so it's published by Garfield Games designed by Bobby Hill and I don't actually know if I've played any other games by Bobby Hill. So the other things in the list are either things I've never heard of that have zero ratings or are expansions for Hadrian's Wall. So Bobby Hill looks like he might have gotten a winner with this one. But yeah, that's Hadrian's Wall. Check it out if if it sounds interesting. Cool. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people mention it as like good solo games, but I don't know if they play it digitally or physically. Also, it's apparently ranked 146 on Board Game Geek. It's in the top 150 games and it just came out in 2021. So take that for what it's worth. All right, Ambie, Halloween just happened. (laughs) And well, technically, if you're looking in stores, the holiday season began like three months ago, apparently. (laughs) But I, for me personally, after Halloween is when the holiday season kind of starts. Now, I'm not saying Mm -hmm. like Christmas season, but like the holidays in general. This includes (laughs) Thanksgiving, like the holiday season for me, starts around after Halloween. Well, and, for me, uh, Halloween is a holiday too, so... <laughs> well, it, no, I love Halloween, but yeah. it, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't feel yeah, like, not like the holiday the holidays, season. Yeah. yeah, like, it doesn't feel like the holidays. It feels like it's its own entity, because it's special. <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, anybody who's seen you and I dress up in anything before <laughs> understands that you and I like Halloween, mm-hmm. so... <laughs> But obviously Thanksgiving is coming up next. And uh, Mm -hmm. as a board game podcast, we don't have a lot to contribute to Thanksgiving. But (laughs) right after Thanksgiving is one of the biggest holidays of the year. That's right. Black Friday. (laughs) 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 Which I've seen. I have seen online Black Friday sales like that were happening in early October. And I'm very (laughs) confused. I'm just. Yeah, Black Friday is getting bigger and bigger. (laughs) I know. Like Black Friday means nothing anymore. Like it was was a day and then it was a weekend and then it was a week. And now it's like months long. And everybody's like pre-Black Friday. And I'm like, just have a sale. (laughs) But the thing is that term, people hear Black Friday and they, I think our brains are kind of now programmed to think this must be a very good deal right Mm -hmm. and they don't like the retailers don't want you to wait until after thanksgiving because they want to know how much money they're gonna make before then (laughs) so we're gonna spend this episode
episode giving you some of our recommendations if you are looking mm-hmm. to give games as gifts this holiday season or gifts to gamers in your life because obviously as December approaches gift giving is going to be on a lot of people's minds because there are a lot of gift giving holidays coming up so yeah hopefully we can help some of you out yep so first of all if you're giving a gift to a hobby board gamer who is like super into the hobby and has hundreds of board games already then don't buy them a game unless you know them very well yeah a lot of times a board game is not the best gift for them because they have games that they want they're getting the games they want sometimes they might have a wish list on bdg or something like of games that they want so you might be able to ask them like oh is there like a game you want or something or yeah something that might be good if you want to surprise them with something that they didn't ask for might be like an accessory for their favorite game like a insert or um upgraded components or something like those are yeah. cool or those or are like a great gift card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely yeah if you're buying giving a gift card gift card to their local game store or something like that or a gift card to places with accessories if they, if they like those but yeah so usually if you're getting board games as gifts that's for more casual gamers who don't already have like hundreds of games yeah because i mean i would say most of the adults that i know mm-hmm. do play board games but the yeah. majority of them play board games occasionally and it's Mm -hmm. often more in the context of oh it's a weekend and we're drinking and we'll pull out a board game kind of thing like that's Mm -hmm. I mean well at this point in my life I actually know more hobby gamers but I'm saying like (laughs) of the people that I know like in my life there are a lot more who yeah are just people I know that I don't know through board games (laughs) yeah that I don't know because of board games basically because I have a lot of acquaintances you know here in Vegas and back in Kansas City where I grew up and everything and yeah like a lot of them are not hobby gamers but do enjoy Mm -hmm. gaming like if I bring games somewhere they'll play them with me but they often do not have collections of their own yeah and so games can be very good gifts for them yeah so like I don't actually do that much gift exchanging like our, our families don't do many many gift things at the holidays other than with kids but sometimes I would give gifts to like some of my friends So like, I think for like people who game casually, I think of a game that they would like because like we've played games with them before and we kind of know the types of games they like and like a newer game that came out that we know about that they might not know about yet because they're not watching YouTube videos about board games every day. (laughs) Like, like some of our friends really like word. I mean, I also really like word party games. (laughs) So like when Codenames came out, we got them Codenames. And when another one comes out, we like, okay, you like Codenames and you'll like playing this one too. (laughs) And so like we get them that one. Yeah. I've gifted board games to my nephews as they've been growing mm-hmm. up and they're not huge into games yet. Although my four-year-old nephew over the past year or so has become more and more enamored with me. Like he really, <laughs> like he, he asks his mom, like my sister, if he can call me, like if he can FaceTime me. My older nephew, the eight-year-old was never really like that. He likes me just mm-hmm. fine, but he was just, he was never kind of like really an anti crystal mode and the, mm-hmm. the, the little one loves me and I my heart melts every time I get a FaceTime from him it just oh my god I love it Aww. and your boys have done this for me in the past too like when I get a video call from your boys oh my god it kills me Abby, every time it's so funny that like I've never wanted to be a parent and yet I love mm-hmm. everyone else's children <laughs> like uh, that, as long that's, as I, that's normal yeah, I think. yeah like I I don't have to be responsible for them I just yeah. get to enjoy the cute moments basically yeah. 
But yeah, I so my younger nephew, since he is four, mm-hmm. really is just now getting to the age where he could play mm-hmm. some games. And so yeah, four is a since great he's age. Yeah, I know. And so since he's kind of like getting obsessed with me, I'm like, ooh, "Ooh, now I can hopefully get some games for him and play them with him. He wants to get on an airplane and come visit Auntie Crystal. Mm. So if I can get him out to Vegas, I I will definitely be getting some games. I have some that are definitely appropriate for his age, Mm. but not a lot. So I'll probably pick up some. Yeah, there are a lot of good kids games. And like when I think of giving games as gifts, I also like a lot of gift giving I think of as for kids, especially in now that I have kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, I think, oh, like, yeah, for kids too, like they're not as picky with gifts, I guess, as adults are. They don't know to be picky yet, yeah, basically. Yeah. They're just so like, they're just yay, excited. something for me. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like for them, you get them a board game and it's like, yay, it's a toy. For young kids, I think like something that is a theme that they like. Recently, I learned about a Lupin Louie re-theme. Lupin Louie is a dexterity game where you're like tapping these things to make this airplane fly up and not hit the little chips down and anyway it's a fun dexterity game that's really old and there's like a retheme of Lu- called loop and chewy for star wars but there's a lo- retheme for the tv show bluey which is a kid's show it's <gasps> very popular yeah it's called bluey keepy uppy because it's rethemed around like the balloons where they i don't know if you've watched bluey but there's okay there's, i haven't uh, but i know of it so <laughs> okay yeah so there's like the game they play is there's a balloon and they're trying to keep the balloon up and not touch the ground so it's rethemed around that and it's called bluey keepy uppy so like that I think would be perfect for toddlers or preschoolers who watch Bluey. <laughs> I, I'm thinking of getting that for our friend because she loves Bluey. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, Ambie can see me over here. I'm literally like yeah. mouth agape. I'm so, and now I, I need to look at it. But like, I want, because um, one of the complaints people had about Loop and Chewy compared mm-hmm. to Loop and Louie was that Loop and Chewy only had three. I think things. this one might also only have three though. No, no, no. no. No, that's it? what I'm saying. People figured out a way to combine oh, to two make it six, things. Yeah. So right. I'm wondering six, yeah. if I could get a, a bluey one and combine Chewy and Bluey together. <laughs> Ooh, now I wonder. I want, yeah, like I want to. If I want the same, to, <laughs> same system. Yeah. Yeah, if I go on Etsy and get the like combiner thing to whatever, like I wonder if cool. I can have a Star Wars Bluey amalgamation <laughs> abomination thing. I'm very excited about the potential here. I don't know why. I've never even seen Bluey. I know it's good. Everybody says yeah. that I should watch Bluey because it's like good even for adults yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's but a, it's one that the parents like watching with the kids. Yeah. So yeah, I I definitely yeah. That's that's one suggestion, which looks like Crystal Sky. <laughs> be getting it <laughs> i mean it's only 20 bucks at target like you, you that's that's not that that's not that much yeah that's another thing like kids toys and games are, are cheaper so it's like yeah i just get all these gifts for them okay so that's enough bluey talk we can <laughs> move on beyond bluey but what are some other like if you wanted to gift something to a kiddo i'd say maybe like a book about a board game day might <laughs> oh, might yeah, be a good forgot. idea Yes. So yeah, I wrote a book for toddlers as well called Board Game Day. So that could be a gift. 
a good gift for young kids. <laughs> and oh it's my gosh, I don't know if I remembered to tell you, but when my friends Harley and Elissa visited over the summer from Sweden, mm-hmm. they brought their little kiddo with them and he was getting nearing a year at the time. And I gifted them their copy of Board Game Day that I had backed like forever ago, of course, because I, I think they were pregnant when you were running the campaign. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm getting a book copy of the book for whatever baby they have. And Elissa, I've talked about this on the podcast before when we played Mice and Mystics years mm-hmm. ago we always made Elissa read the flavor yeah. text because she's got that great elementary school teacher reading mm-hmm. voice that like is the best so oh, have hearing her read board game day to <laughs> Ivan I was seriously Ambie like chin in hands just like it was the cutest <laughs> oh. thing and Lil, Lil Ivan really seemed to like it so it got his his seal of approval yay positive review from baby <laughs> yep <laughs> So good good for babies and toddlers. So if people wanted to get that book, where could they do that? I think there's still copies available on the Board Game Geek store. I also have some copies here, but I would have to ship them to you. On my website, you can find information. You can also get like a hardcover version just off of like online bookstores or the ebook version as well online. But yeah, I'll link the website in the show notes and you can find all those links. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, we said we were going to provide some specific mm-hmm. game recommendations. So <laughs> I think we... just bluey, we, keepy uppy. Not just, not just keepy <laughs> Yuppie. Although now I'm very, I'm going to recommend that to everybody, clearly, because keeping a balloon in the air via a board game just sounds like infinite fun. But I wrote down some Mm -hmm. categories of people. Like, so if you know a person like this in your life, yeah, here's, here's a game that they might enjoy. We kind of tried to pick games that are newer or new-ish, not the classic ones that everybody's going to be recommending. Like for instance, Just One is not on this list. Just One is an awesome gift for just about everybody though. If you know people that like playing games and they don't own Just One, you could buy it for them. It's a good choice, but that's going to be recommended on like- a sneaky way to get it on the list. I know, right? Because <laughs> I removed it from the list because I was like, no, it's not new enough, but like, it's still worth mentioning. But I wanted to specifically call out some games that have come out like in the past three or so years that people might not be as aware of or that probably mm-hmm. haven't shown up on lists for years and years and years so first for disney fans which i am one of although don't get this for me because i already have it dixit disney edition (laughs) yeah dixit came out with a disney themed game Mm -hmm. it's very pretty and the components are so cute but yeah there's also color brain disney which you've mentioned before i haven't played that one still yeah which is is shocking how many colors are in certain disney things you're just like wait what there's four (laughs) colors in that dress or whatever but yeah for disney fans those are great choices Mm mm-hmm For people who just can't get enough of Cards Against Humanity, (laughs) I would actually genuinely recommend the game I talked about in our last episode, Head Trip. It is made by the Mm -hmm. Cards Against Humanity people. It is less offensive than Cards Against Humanity, although there are, like I said in last episode, there are still things in there that I'm not a fan of. But if your friends really love Cards Against Humanity, I think Head Trip would actually be a really good gift for them. Yeah. And for people who like to gamble, Ready, Set, Bet is a good uh, horse betting racing game that's lots of fun i mean yeah oh i've i've never seen people get more amped up in the middle of a round than in ready set bet like people go bananas 
Because you're literally betting on a yeah. fake horse race in real time during that game. So if people mm -hmm. like to gamble, yeah. I think it's a really fun choice. Or people who like want to gamble but not spend money. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, Which that's is me. me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, when, like, when I moved to Vegas, I used to gamble. Like I used to play <laughs> poker and I would throw money in slots every now and then. Mm -hmm. And I would even play craps or blackjack. I cannot remember the last time I gambled. Literally, no, like mm -hmm. even pre-pandemic, I don't remember because I just don't anymore. Mm -hmm. So let's say your friends, they went all in on Halloween. They love spooky stuff. They like ghosts, but they want to have a good time at their party. Phantom Inc. is a definite good choice for them because the theme is definitely spooky. You've got ghosts trying to convey messages from the beyond. Yeah, kind of like a Ouija board type theme. Right? Yeah, right? It does kind of have that vibe to it and it's really fun to boot. Both mm -hmm. Ambie and I love Phantom Inc. So I think that's mm -hmm. a good one for your spooky friends. <laughs> and then we have a couple games for Where's Waldo fans. Which is I know, this is a very specific, specific category. category, but it's the most <laughs> accurate. These two games are perfect for people who like Where's Waldo. Yeah. yeah, so there's Micro Macro. Well, there's there's actually like three or four of those out now. So there was Micro Macro with Crime City, then All In, Family Fun. I don't, I don't remember. But anyway, all of those are the same. They're Where's Waldo, but you're solving a crime scene. Yes, and another game is Last Message where somebody got murdered and you have this giant sheet that has a whole bunch of people and things all over it, kind of like a Where's Waldo mm -hmm. style picture. And and there is one person who's able to give clues to the rest of the group regarding who the murderer is, but they give clues on a sheet that's erasable and it's in a grid. And the person who got one of the other people basically is erasing pieces mm -hmm. of the grid before it gets given to the other players. And so they're only seeing half drawn pictures and partial words. And so if you can write and erase things strategically, it gets really interesting because mm -hmm. it's you're like, what the heck? is blunt like you're like that's not a word <laughs> trying to figure out stuff yeah. and uh, you're also getting to look at tiny things on a sheet just like where's Waldo mm -hmm. so if you love trivia games uh you know some trivia games can be really really like big bummers for people who don't have a ton of knowledge in their heads but I always have loved Bezer Wizard and there is a new mm -hmm. edition of Bezer Wizard that came out last year or the year before I just got a copy of it I haven't played the new edition yet but based on what I know of all the previous versions of Bezer Wizard this is basically the same thing and I would highly recommend it it's a game where you get to assign point values to different categories and you can potentially swap categories with other teams so the, there's ways to mitigate the types of knowledge you need to have so if you're like oh I'm great at sports but I'm horrible at TV and movies then you can assign one point to TV and movies and four points to sports so it's unlike a lot of trivia games where things are equally weighted this one is not and I, I love it for that because it basically makes it a little more of an even playing field for people who don't have vast knowledge in all categories. And then for fans of Silly Chaos, <laughs> we talked about Soundbox a while ago on the podcast. This is a cooperative party game where, where each round one person is blindfolded and everyone else has a different sound that they're trying to convey. <laughs> so they're all making a different sound like, like a fire extinguisher and then like a police car or something. Everyone's doing this at the same time. So everyone's making these sounds. And then the blindfolded person has to guess what everyone was making. And it's just like so funny and chaotic. Yeah, so fans. <laughs> Ends of silly chaos. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
And then I guess this is kind of a little bit of a spoiler for an upcoming episode of ours because we're planning on doing a formal review of this, but I wanted to mention it here. There's a game from the company Cut Games that they have a YouTube channel that I absolutely love. They have a game called Keep It 100 where it's timeline-esque in that you have numbers in a line and you're trying to fit things into the place on the timeline where they fit numerically. But instead of timeline where it's like years, you're actually trying to figure out how many people said yes to a question out of a hundred. So you're like, okay, so how many people said, oh gosh, all the ones that are entering my brain right now that I played are sexy related questions. (laughs) Not like adult (laughs) themed, but like, no, it's like, it's not an adult themed game, Mm -hmm. but like, like a lot of the questions that I happened to randomly draw when we played most recently were like, did you get a sex talk from your parents kind of stuff? (laughs) And so that's what's in my head right now, which is not the example I wanted to give, but there it is, whatever. So yeah, if you (laughs) like human psychology, if you're fascinated by human psychology, and this game can be played both competitively and cooperatively. So that's kind of nice too. So that's keep it 100. We got that as a review copy. Yeah. And we'll be talking about it more in the near future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's some of our recommendations for gifts this holiday season. What games do you think are the best board games to gift people? Hit us up on social media or in our Discord channel. If we get some really good recommendations, maybe we'll share them on an upcoming episode of the podcast because y'all, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are like, "Ugh, I need to buy gifts for people and I don't know what to get them. So well, I'm sure people would love more recommendations if you have them. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for more content and links. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. You can now go online or to your friendly local game store to order your copy of Last Light, a 4X game that plays in under an hour, designed by friend of the show, Roy Kennedy. And if you want to buy games at grayfoxgames.com, you can get 10% off your entire order, including promos, exclusives, and upgrades not available anywhere else by using the code BGBLITZ2023 at checkout. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord for game nights, discussions, and more by following the link in the show notes. Support the show by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you like us a lot and want to support us monetarily and get some cool perks, check out our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash boardgameblitz today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Until next time... Nothing lasts forever, and we've heard you tell your tales. But it's hard to get the right gift in the wild November sales. Bye, everyone! Bye! Gifts can be very good. Games can be very good gifts for them. (laughs) A gift can be a game.